Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me then in your Bible, and let's go to the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 10. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10. Beginning in verse number one, it says, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Well, that'd be a strange way to start a, a, a subject, wouldn't it? After these things. So what things is, is this referring to? Go back to the ninth chapter. Ninth chapter of Luke, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse number six says, So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Notice that gospel ministry is always accompanied by deliverance. Jesus told his disciples to go and preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He also told them to cast out devils because he said, I give you power and authority over all devils, or we would say demons, and to cure diseases. Now, a lot of people get squeamish when the preacher starts talking about demons. And many people don't believe in demons. But if, de if you can't believe in Jesus and not believe in demons... Because if Jesus is who he said he was and, and is, and if the account of him is true, he dealt with demon spirits. Amen. He conversed with demon spirits. He cast demons out of people. He healed the sick. The same crowd that's uncomfortable with talking about demons are also uncomfortable talking about healing the sick. Jesus wasn't uncomfortable with any, either, either one of them. Amen. Jesus was in a ministry of setting people free. In this very book, it's a, he quoted from Isaiah, the 60th chapter. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me, amen, to preach the gospel and to bring deliverance to those who are oppressed. Glory to God. He is the same today. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, this day and forever. And, and T.J. Uh, 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 McCrossan's book, Bodily Healing and the Atonement, in his book, he brought out the fact, he was a Greek scholar, and he brought out the fact that, that the Greek uh, phrase there or the word where it says Jesus Christ the same, he said it means the very same identical person in every regard, in every way, the same person. He, you know, some people change when, when people get older, you know, in, in, in life, they mellow out a little bit and they change. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when my son started having their kids, they saw how I interacted with my grandchildren and they came to, and, and my wife and I, and they came to us and they said, who are you and what have you done with our parents? <laughs> because you have, a, you, you have a, a, a little bit more relaxed, amen, uh, uh, attitude around your grand. Now that doesn't mean we wouldn't beat their butts because we still did. We, we still spank our grandchildren. We made them behave. We, we, you know, we didn't put up with a lot of things. But there was a, there was a difference in, our, in our, the way we interacted with them that they saw, or at least they perceived. Jesus doesn't change. He is the very same identical person in every regard today as he was back then. Glory to God. He hasn't changed at all. The only thing's changed about him is his hair's turned white. Look over in Revelation, his hair's turned white. That's why I don't do anything with my hair. If, if Jesus didn't think it was necessary to use Grecian uh, 44, I don't either. <laughs> Amen. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask him, why'd your hair turn white? Hope it wasn't me. No, he's the same. He's the same. Glory to God. And he gave his disciples the authority to minister in the same way he did. He gave his, his disciples and his followers the authority and the commission to do the same thing he did to carry on the same ministry he conducted. He gave them power and authority over all demons. Let me tell you something. There aren't any demons too big for God. And there aren't any, any spirits or, uh, or any kind of oppression that's coming against you that's too big or too great. I'm telling you what, whatever the situation, if it's contrary to the word of God, whether it's sickness or some kind of, a, uh, of an oppressing spirit, it doesn't make any difference. Jesus is the same. His name is above every name. Glory to God. And in his name, praise God, deliverance comes. So he gave his disciples this power and authority and they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere, everywhere. I tell you what, the gospel is not preached. The gospel is not preached fully and accurately unless people are being healed and set free. There is no real gospel without a healing gospel. And there is no true Jesus unless he's a healing Jesus. Unless he's a miracle working Jesus. Unless he's a delivering Jesus. That's the real Jesus, praise God. He hasn't changed, amen. People say, well, that's great, but you know, he gave his apostles, these 12, you know, were his apostles. He gave them power and authority. Well, over in the 10th chapter, and this is where we started, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. 70 others. We don't even know who all these were. Most of them, we don't know their names. We can guess some of their names, but we don't know. 70. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them by two, two by two, before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. 
He said in verse number two, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. And greet no one along the road. But, but whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. And if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. Notice verse 9, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And then he goes on and gives some more instructions. Verse 16, he says, he who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Can you see that believers here in this case are representative? We're representatives of Jesus. Jesus said, if somebody hears you, they hear me. If they, if they hear me, they hear him who sent me. If they reject you, they reject me. If they reject me, they reject him who sent me. We have been commissioned, not just preachers, this, these, these weren't the apostles. These were other 70, 70 other people. And, and we have no idea even who they all were. We have no reason to believe they were all ever, uh, any of them ever made it into what we would call full-time ministry. We would say these were the lay people who followed him. You know, Jesus didn't always have big crowds. He didn't. Sometimes he did. And when he reached a place in his ministry where the crowds were really at the maximum, he got up and said, now, whoever uh, wants to, to, to have life, he'll have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's a real cr crowd pleaser there. <laughs> and the Bible said that the people there rebelled. They said, we can't, we can't follow a man like this. This man's crazy. He wants us to eat his flesh, drink his blood. And they left him. The crowds left him. Jesus turned to his disciples and said, what about you guys? You going to go too? Peter said, I know this is kind of a hard thing you said. We might not understand it, but where are we going to go? Because we know you have the words of eternal life. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus can trust. I said Jesus can trust people who stick with him. If you're not willing to stand for Jesus when it's not popular and people don't understand, you won't ever walk in his power. I said, you'll never walk in his power if you're ashamed of him or you want to try to make excuses for him. I'll tell you what, this world and the fashion of this world is passing away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ is the same today. He might not be popular. 
I'm talking about the Bible. Do you know there's, an, there's another Jesus that's popular in the world? But he's a religious Jesus. And he's, a, he's a, uh, an idea of Jesus that people have conformed to their own thinking. I'm talking about the Bible Jesus. He wouldn't be hugely popular in society today. If he came and spoke the things now that he spoke then, he would be, he would be decried. He would be ridden out of town on a rail. But I'm gonna tell you what, I'm gonna stand with the real Jesus, the Bible Jesus. Amen. And if you're willing to stand for him, you can have his power in your life. If you're, able, if you're willing to stand up and be counted among those who, who are true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, glory to God. All power, he said, is given unto me and I give it to those people. I give it to my followers, glory to God. All authority, all authority. Hallelujah. He sent them to heal the sick and to, and to proclaim the kingdom of God. And so in verse 17, it says, Then the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are, are subject to us in your name. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. In the days before the return of the Lord, in the days leading up, to the return of the Lord Jesus. You know he is coming back for his church. I said he's coming back for his church. This, the, the church, the true body of Christ is not going to be here indefinitely. <clears throat> we're here in this world, but we're not of this world. And our future isn't this world as we know it now. Jesus is coming back for his church. The Bible says that we're gonna be caught away. Jesus said, he said, I'm coming back and I'll receive you unto myself that where I am, there you will also be. He's coming back. But he's coming back for a church that is finally doing his will. You know, the church has, has squandered a lot of opportunities through the centuries. But in these last days before Jesus comes back, he's coming back for a church that is gonna be full of power. It's gonna walk in its authority. It's gonna unashamedly speak the truth, speak the word of God in love, but in accuracy. He's coming back for a church like, like these disciples demonstrated here. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said, I give you authority, power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's not, he's not talking about bugs. 
He's talking about all the works of the devil. I give you authority and power over all the works of the devil and nothing will by any means hurt you. <clears throat> Sickness hurts. Sickness hurts you. Lack hurts you. But these aren't the only things the enemy brings. People will hurt you. Opposition will try to come against you. He said, none of these things, nothing will by any means hurt you. Glory to God. God is raising up a church that is so aware of who Jesus is and of what God has called us to be and to have and to do and are walking in the full measure of that. And I'm not talking about just about preachers. Preachers, we, we, have, we have to get, uh, uh, we have to take our place as well. And I believe the, the ministries that God has placed in the church, sometimes we call the five-fold ministry, five-fold offices. I believe for Jesus, before Jesus comes, that all of these ministry offices are gonna be operating in the full potential that God ordained. But I believe the church is gonna be operating in its full potential. Glory to God. Speaking the word of God, taking the name of Jesus and breaking the power of the devil over people's lives. I told everybody on Wednesday when I ministered, I said, I remember years ago, my wife and I went to hear Brother Roberts, this is Richard Roberts, uh, preaching somewhere here in Florida. I don't remember where it was, but we went with George and Carol Kearns. And uh, we went for just one night Brother Roberts was ministering and we went wherever it was. It wasn't too far away, I don't think. We went down and just especially to hear him. And he got up that night and as he began to minister to people, every time he would minister to someone, he said something that really got my attention. Every time he would minister to someone, he'd say, by the, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, or he would say, in the name of Jesus and by his authority. And the way he did it, and the way he said it, 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 it just, something got a hold of me that night. I realized two things. I realized, number one, that Richard Roberts had a revelation, a working revelation of the authority of the name of Jesus. He wasn't just saying the name of Jesus repetitively. You know, because we pray in the name of Jesus, and the Bible, New Testament says, do all things in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus... Those four words are on our lips a lot as believers. Every time we give thanks for food, we end it with, in the name of Jesus. And, and we can become so accustomed to saying in the name of Jesus that those words just fall out of our mouths without any real reflection. And too often without a lot of faith. But when Brother Roberts ministered that night, I noticed every time he ministered to someone, he said, where's my, there it is. <clears throat> he said, by the authority of the name of Jesus. And I realized he had, he had something working there. He had a revelation. Now, now I had been to Ramah. I had, I had read Brother Hagin's book on the name of Jesus. I had read E.W. Kenyon's book on the name of Jesus and studied them. 
And I had some understanding. I had some revelation. It wasn't that I was ignorant of what it meant. But I realized that I wasn't walking in the type of, of revelation uh, that Richard Roberts was walking in. He understood something about authority. And so I, I realized that he had something that he understood something. And then I realized that I didn't. And I realized I needed that. And so I went back from that time and I began to study the name of Jesus and begin to meditate on the authority that's in the name of Jesus. And like I said here, maybe Sunday or two ago, I, I can barely say in the name of Jesus, just whenever I'm praying over food or, uh, or you know, leading someone in prayer, you know, and you say we pray and you close it out with the name of Jesus, I can barely do that without stopping and, 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 and reflecting on and expounding on that there's authority in that name, that heaven stands to attention. And the early church understood that. They didn't understand a lot of things that we understand. You understand that revelation is progressive. In the early days of the book of Acts, Paul wasn't even saved yet. None of the epistles had been written. The gospels had not been written. The book of Acts had not been written. The book of Acts tells the story of what went on, but at the time those things were going on, they didn't have the revelation that we have. They hadn't received the Pauline revelation. They didn't know who they were in Christ except by individual revelation. But as far as having it as, a, as something written that they could study and, and receive insight from, from the apostles, they didn't have that. But one thing they had is they, they knew they had the name of Jesus. Jesus had left them his name and they used it. I'm telling you, they used it with complete abandon. Peter and John went up to the temple in the third chapter of Acts and there was a crippled man, been crippled all of his life. Everybody knew him. And as they started to go into the temple, the man looked to them, he, he thought, you know, he was begging for alms. The Bible says that Peter fastened his eyes on him with John. Now, I, what happened there is the Holy Spirit came on them. I don't have time, but I can show you that in the word of God. The Spirit of God came on them. And Peter said, silver and gold, I do. They, they, hadn't even had, they didn't even have the prosperity message yet. Peter said, silver and gold we do not have, but what we do have we give you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And the man sat there. There's no indication that he looked blessed or that he reacted in any way. He just sat there. Peter understood something about the name of Jesus when it's delivered under the anointing like that. Glory to God. He said, no, you're getting up. You might not know it, but you're getting up. Took him by the hand and pulled him up. Now, you don't do that unless you understand the authority that's in that name. Unless you, have the, unless you know what God's going to do. There's something about the spirit of faith. You know ahead of time what God's going to do. 
took him by the hand and pulled him up. And it was as he pulled him out of his chair or whatever, or, or off the floor, whatever he was sitting on, it said at that time his feet and ankle bones received strength and he stood and leaped and walked, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. They were, as you know, they were, they were called on the carpet and rebuked over this. Go over with me to the, to the fourth chapter of Acts. Third chapter of Acts, they healed the man. Glory to God. All the people ran to them. We'll look at the third chapter first. And Peter got up and preached and he said his name, this is verse 16, 316. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. In the fourth chapter, the religious authorities, they were shocked because such a mighty miracle had happened and everybody was flocking to Peter and John. Suddenly they had a following. The, the, the religious leaders thought they had silenced Jesus. And now somebody else was here and they were speaking in his name and miracles were happening. So they took him, these, these apostles aside and they said, by what power or by what name have you done this? Chapter four, verse seven. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means he has been made well, let it, know, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him... This man stands here before you whole. Verse 12, there is no salvation in any other. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Glory to God. They said, by the name of Jesus, notice that in verse number 10. By the name of Jesus, dot, 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 by him, this man stands here before you whole. By the name of Jesus, by him. Jesus and his name are one and the same. When you speak the name of Jesus in faith, I'm not talking about just rattling off something. But when you speak the name of Jesus in faith and you're conscious that you're calling on the very authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, he personally comes on the scene. He personally takes ownership of that situation. Glory to God. He pulled that man up because he knew that when he said in the name of Jesus, Jesus would make it good. And that's exactly what Jesus said in the 14th chapter of John. He said, whatever you demand in my name, that I will do. That the Father can be glorified in the Son. Glory to God. And if you go through the book of Acts, uh, uh, if you read on the the. Religious leaders of the day were terrified of that name. They were terrified of the name of Jesus. Look, look, let's look at that for just a moment. We'll close. When they saw, verse 13, the boldness of Peter and John and so forth. 
Verse 17, but so that it spread no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no one in this name. So they called on them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I, I would to God that the church would have this kind of revelation of the name of Jesus. I mean, if the church just understood what the world understood then. And so they, if you go through the book of Acts, you'll see that constantly the name of Jesus, we don't have time to go through it this morning, that over and over and over again in these, in these chapters in the, in the book of Acts, it was the name of Jesus. Miracles took place. He's the same. His name's the same in this house today. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.